Welcome to Football Incorporated Podcast, a podcast created by two of the greatest football minds. What's poppin' everybody? Um, welcome to another episode of Football Incorporated. Once again, I'm your host here joined by my good friend, Patrick Arthurs. Patrick, like always, how you doing? It's yeah. Friday. Uh, we got some wine in front of us, so a little bit of Pinot Grigio because we're Apparently basic white girls at 12.30 in the afternoon, but um, yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going great. I'm just really excited. Another week of uh, NFL football coming up. Just, this is my favorite, one of my favorite times of the year. You really can't, as I said this before last week, you cannot beat this time of year. Yeah, you can't beat it. Um, It's all good. So uh, yeah, let's get right into it. The topics that we're going to discuss today, first of all, we're going to go over um, just a couple things from last week. I know uh, most of you have already seen the game um, and things have already been talked about, um, but we're going to do our power rankings, the top 10 teams that we believe are basically in the top 10, um, just based on performance from last week and kind of expectations leading into the the rest of the year and what we saw last week. Um, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown a little bit. We're going to talk about are the Jets done now for the season now that Sam Darnold has mono and he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> are the Chiefs offense going to be okay without Tyreek Hill? Um, what the frick is going on with the Browns? Because <laughs> they lost big time. Uh, the Panthers, I want to talk about Cam Newton. He didn't look that good. He hasn't looked good in a while. Um, is it time for the Panthers to move on from Cam Newton? And my friend Patrick here has a rant about the Lions he's going to do. And we're going to go over our games for Sunday in our predictions. So that's kind of the rundown of the podcast. Um, so just stay tuned. And the first thing we're going to jump into right away is the top 10 teams. Um, yeah, I think, number one, I have the Patriots. I think now with the addition of Antonio Brown and now uh, I just think what we saw them from last week, they look sharp, they look good. Tom Brady still looks like he's in his prime, and they're playing against the Dolphins, which I think my roommate uh, Noah said that um, it'll be the first time uh, that a team will have 100 points scored on them. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be true just because of last week the Dolphins look terrible, the Patriots look sharp. What are your thoughts? I, 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 I do agree with you on this. I'm a believer in the Patriots, and I think – that, that win was just so convincing. Tom Brady, again, as you said before, he looked like he's still in his prime. And again, with Antonio Brown on this roster now, this offense is going to be amazing. And to think that the Ravens put up 59 points against the, against the Dolphins, I would not be surprised if the Patriots put up like 70 points. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, especially with Antonio Brown now coming onto that team. I think that they're taking a big step forward, a big leap in that offense is just going to be do wonders this year. I think Tom Brady might be an MVP candidate. I mean, he usually is. Last year, I don't think he really was. But I think this year, I mean, he looks so good. He still had zip on the ball. He still looks sharp. That Patriots defense looks solid. That offense looks really good. Again, I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to be number one for the whole year. And I think that they're going to come out as Super Bowl Super Bowl champions at the end of all this. Uh, yeah, so that's my take on that. Number two are the Chiefs. What are your thoughts on that? I think, based off last week's performance against Jacksonville, that offense is so explosive. And I think, easily, based on the performance, number two is a really accurate ranking. However, I think, and we'll get this later, but how's that offense going to look now? Tyreek Hill is no longer, he's going to be injured for at least, I think reports say, at least three weeks with that uh, 
with a shoulder injury. So it's going to be interesting, but I still I have confidence in Andy Reid, their offensive coordinator, that Pat Mahomes is going to spread the wealth, as, as shown in the last game. Sammy Watkins had 200 yards receiving on nine catches. So if, if he can get even like 120, 130 yards receiving, Pat Mahomes is going to get the ball to his playmakers. That defense is, I'm not going to say it's much improved, but it's a step up from last year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Nick Foles went down for the Jags. That's kind of a bummer for them. He's going to be out for a while. And Gardner Minshew came in and I think surprised a lot of people in this play. But I think that that's concerning because a rookie um, that we've never – I mean, people know of, but, I mean, I haven't really heard of this guy that much, Gardner Minshew the second. Um, fun fact, I read somewhere that his dad's name isn't even Gardner. It's Flint. So – I mean, that Texas-looking QB gun. I mean, he looks pretty solid, but my concern is more about that Chiefs defense. Um, they, Yes, I agree with you. They've obviously taken a step forward, but Gardner Minshew kind of carved them up a little bit. And, I mean, I still believe that Nick Foles isn't that great of a quarterback, and he carved them up a little bit. I mean, I guess it really wasn't that close in the end, but I believe that that Chiefs defense is something that I think we still should be a little bit concerned about because it's not great, and I don't even think it's really good. I think it's a little bit below average, and you can't have Mahomes just trying to fight you out of all these games over and over again. Now, they looked okay against Foles and Minshew, but, I mean, both those quarterbacks still carved them up a little bit, you know? I, agree. I, I do agree with you. I think the key stat for the Chiefs defense is minimizing the big plays. Last year, the big plays destroyed that defense. We saw it in the playoffs last year when they were playing against quality teams like the Patriots. It was really bad, but I think for Kansas City, if they limit big plays, maybe if they get two or three big plays per game, they'll be fine. Because honestly, when it comes down to it, yards are great, but at the end of the day, it's about how many points are given up and how many big plays. And I think for Kansas City, the key stat is big plays. If they cut down on the big plays, they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, if they can minimize big plays and if they can solidify and rush the quarterback more and you know really get those front seven people under pressuring quarterbacks, I think that this team will be really good. And I think that they will be – I think it will be Patriots-Chiefs again <laughs> in that AFC championship game. Um, that's just my belief, but yeah. Um, so, all right. So, moving on to number three. Um, sorry, my page is loaded here. I have the Ravens at number three. I had my doubts about Lamar Jackson. I would be the first one to admit. I said he couldn't throw the ball that deep. I said he couldn't really throw that well and that he needed to work on that. And I think he proved to a lot of people, including myself, that he can throw the deep ball. He can really sling it out there, and he can do it accurately. Now, when you put up that amount of points, 59, I believe, on the, the Dolphins, is that really good offensive play or is that really bad defensive play? Now, obviously... You know, he had some great throws, great runs, um, great catches, but a lot of those receivers were just wide open. Um, so I want to hear your take on, do you believe that the Ravens' offense is that explosive or just the the Miami defense was that bad? And I think it's a combination of two. I think the offense of the Ravens is a little bit better than what we saw last year, and I think Lamar Jackson's taking big step forwards. But that Miami team, I think they're going to go 0-16. <laughs> I, tend, I tend to agree with you on this. I think when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, everyone knew that this year is it's a tanking year, obviously. So 
when they put up 59 points, Lamar Jackson was just went 17 for 20, perfect pass rating. I wasn't I wasn't surprised that he was gonna do well, but I didn't think he was gonna do that great. But from the offensive aspect, I think this, even though before as we've both said that they played against a bad team, I think it's a really good sign moving forward for this team because. Lamar Jackson showed a lot of poise in the pocket. His mechanics are fixed. And again, I think when each week, if he can put up maybe 250, 270 yards per game, maybe one or two touchdowns and a couple big plays to his wide receivers, especially Marquise Brown, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. So I think going forward, I don't expect him to throw five touchdowns every game. But if he can, if he can be like above, like a good quarterback, they'll be fine because that defense is stellar. And with the combination of the explosiveness of Lamar Jackson and that offense, I think they'll be fine. I'm not, but again, I agree with you. I think I want to see him play against better defenses. Then I can get a true evaluation of how good. Yeah. It's only, you know, week one. So I think, yeah, Ravens number three, for sure. I think they really showed how great they can be. Number four Cowboys. They look sharp. Even though New York giants aren't that great of a team, they still look sharp. Dak Prescott looked really good. Uh, What's your take? Um, I'm, I'm actually, I was impressed with them. I think the fact that, and this is my take on this, the reason why Dak played so well, he's in a contract year. He, he rejected $30 million per year from the Cowboys. And believe me, I think each week he's going to get better and better. And I think if, if, he's, if he's playing like that with Zeke Elliott, there is no doubt that this Cowboys team could be Super Bowl contenders. But they're playing against Washington this week. I want to see him play against other, other defenses because... I think Washington is in a similar state as the New York Giants. They don't have a lot of depth. and But overall, I think you can justify this ranking based on the week one performance. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. Dak looked good. He got me a ton of fantasy points. That offense looks pretty explosive, and he looks solid. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott later um, and what that contract means. I don't think he should be the highest-paid quarterback. He should make like $27 million. Um, I think he's worth it. He's not the best quarterback, so he shouldn't get the best money. And they're going to have to pay. Uh, I mean, they already paid Zeke. And if you pay Dak that much, your team is going to suffer big time. Um, when almost half of your money is basically going to two players. Um, I mean, not half, but you know, still still quite a bit. But yeah, Cowboys look sharp. I have them at four or five are the Rams. They look really good. Um, I think what they were able to do on offense and on the defense side of the ball, I think that they solidified themselves again as a great contender. Goff coming off a big contract. Um, Todd Gurley, you know, I think that whole offense looks explosive. And that defense, again, with Aaron Donald still looks great. And I think that they're going to be in contention for going to the Super Bowl this year in the NFC. I I think what keeps this team together is Sean McVay. He's a great players coach. And it shows up every single week. They're sharp. They execute. And I think for the Rams, Jared Goff has been a key. And I think going forward, this Rams team is going to be really good. Obviously, in week one, uh, Jared Goff wasn't as sharp. But again, I think I, don't, I would not bank on Jared Goff having two, bat, two average games. Game, and I think Brandon Cooks is going to go deep against that Saints defense, frankly, because if, if it's anything we saw against Houston, that's concerning, and I think... Easily, they they could go up on the power rankings, no doubt in my mind. Yep. So I have Rams at five, six. Saints, uh, they looked really good. Um, Breeze looks really good. Um, just that leadership and poise that he was able to show on Monday Night Football. I mean, 
first of all, Deshaun Watson, I give you guys credit. You guys looked amazing. I don't have you guys in the top 10. I have you guys at 11. Um, I think that, I don't know, the Texans looked really good. I don't think they're great right now just because there's still a lot of unknowns on that Saints um, defensive side of the ball. But Deshaun Watson looked great. The receivers looked great. Everybody on that team looked actually really good. Excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, I have the Saints uh, at number six just because, of the. I mean, you can't count them out. They still look good. Um, I'm excited to see the Saints-Rams game this year. I mean, two teams in the in the top ten going at it, especially after the rematch of last year with that call, that blatant pass interference that got ignored. Yeah, so I think the Saints are really good. They're going to have an explosive offense again this year. That defense has a little bit to be desired, but I think that they can – I mean, it's a good. I think it's a good defense, and I think that I don't think they're going to win games for them. I think that they'll prevent big leads. Does that make sense? I don't yeah, think that yeah. they'll make big plays, but I think they'll be good enough to. They can hinder um, a quarterback if if they need to. So I have Saints at number six. Um, anything you want to add? I think I think the reason I love the Saints is that there's this continuity in that organization, a great front office, awesome coaching staff. But I think when it comes down to it. The uh, consistent player that holds that offense together is Drew Brees. And guess what? Michael Thomas has got a huge extension. He's Mr. Reliable. He doesn't drop passes. He's a great route runner. And I think it's kind of similar to the Chiefs defense. As long as they minimize big plays, of course, I think they're going to give up some yards. But I'm not really concerned about that. I'm more concerned about are they going to minimize uh, big plays, especially in that division when there are explosive offenses. But... The Saints are just they're a well-run organization, and they're, they're de- this, this spot justifies them in the power rankings. Seven, I have the Chargers. What's your take? I think last week, last week they played really well. My real question this week is they have a lot of injuries, and they're playing against the Detroit Lions. The Lions, they're below average, trying to be average. In other words, me. They're just not that great. But I think... With all those injuries, I, th- I still think Phillip Rivers can lead this team. And they- they're a fighting team. They, uh, they had a lead early. The Colts came back. But then in overtime, the leadership of Phillip Rivers came in. Austin Eckler, their, their uh, backup running back, he stepped in for Melvin Gordon. And guess what? This team, is, this team has resiliency. I think they are going to be perennial. They're gonna make a deep, they could make a deep playoff run. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, I think the Chargers just look solid. Even though that game did go into overtime, I still think that what you said, they showed resilience, and they showed no sign of slowing down through the whole game. They look good um, both on both sides of the ball, and I think Phillip Rivers can have a career year. I don't think they're really missing Melvin Gordon that much. Um, Eckler stepped right in and had a, had a big game. So I think that the Chargers, um, you may disagree on this spot, but I think that they, because they show so much resilience, and I think that they're only going to get better when the season goes on. I have the Chargers at number seven. Number eight, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, with Carson Wentz healthy, they're a team to be feared. They showed um, just a lot of big plays last Sunday with Deshaun Jackson coming back. That defense looks pretty good. Uh, offensive side of the ball, you know, like I mentioned with Deshaun Jackson, Carson Wentz, they look really solid. The Eagles, um, they're going to be a big name this year. Um, you know, they're coming off a Super Bowl win just a couple years ago, obviously not last year. Um, but, yeah, 
you know, because Wentz was hurt last year um, near the end there. So I think with Wentz, if he can stay healthy, the Eagles will be a real solid team this year. That's, that's, that's really a spot-on analysis of this team. Because, frankly, man, if we look at the past success of Carson Wentz, he's always had a deep ball threat. Uh, one year it was Torrey Smith. This year it's Deshaun Jackson. And this offense is really good. The only thing I would be concerned about if I'm an Eagles fan is that defense. They looked a little bit shaky against, uh, against Washington, especially when Case Keenum threw a couple touchdowns against them. But when I was looking at it, most of it was like due to poor tackling. I th- but I do think that those mistakes they made on defense are fixable. They're teachable moments. But overall, I think the Eagles, they're, they're a really run organization, a great coaching staff. They're only going to get better throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, and that showed when they were down. They just fought back, and they eventually won that game. Um, I was a little concerned when I was watching the first half of that game, but they came back strong in the second half. They fixed their mistakes, and they looked really, really solid. So I think they can only do that going forward, and I think that they can be really, really good. Eight, um, sorry, on number nine, I have a tie. I have the Packers and the Vikings. I don't know. Both teams just looked really good to me. Um the Minnesota defense looks pretty solid. Uh, Kirk Cousins only threw 10 passes, but, I mean, he, I don't know. The, the running game looked really good, and that defense looked really good. I think they're going to allow Kirk Cousins to open up more um, when it comes through. And I still have the Packers at number nine just because they, they beat the, oh, excuse me. I'm just <laughs> sorry, just because they, uh, you know. This is live. We don't really add it much. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Packers, Vikings, I have them tied. Um, I think either one of them will win the NFC North. Bears will squeak in. They look horrible. Mitch Trubisky looks like a rookie, stares down his receivers. That's a rant for another time, okay? But, yeah, I have Packers, Vikings tied for number nine um, just because I wanted to get Seahawks in at 10. But um, what are your thoughts on Packers, Vikings? Packers, defense looks solid. Their offense with Aaron Rodgers, you can't ever count them out, and the Vikings looked pretty good too. I think I'm, I'm really encouraged by the Minnesota Vikings. I thought last year their offense, the way they ran their offense, I didn't agree how they, how they were running it because when you have a good running back in Delvin Cook, you should feed him, feed him the ball as much as you can. And guess what? Kirk Cousins is best when he's playing off play-action passes. That's what he did well with Washington before. So I think for uh, – for the Vikings, number nine is a really good spot. And in terms of Green Bay, I know people are going to say, well, the defense looked great, but how can you justify putting uh, Green Bay at number nine when their offense didn't produce? And to that, I would say, you know what? There is a couple plays in that game that gave me hope and optimism for the Packers' offense because there's a, there's a huge play downfield, and that's a staple of uh, Matt LaFleur's offense. That play-action deep shot, Aaron Rodgers does that really well. I feel like this, this week for Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is going to spread that ball around. And it's going to look similar to what Sean McVay is doing in Los Angeles. So I think overall Green Bay is, Green Bay is going to get better each week. And this is, and this is it's really important to keep in mind. Aaron Rodgers is still adjusting to a new offense. That defense has lots of continuity with the returning defensive coordinator. So to have both these teams at number nine, I think it's, it's a really... It's really justifiable, and it's going to be interesting going forward how this plays out as the season goes on because it's going to be a slugfest in the NFC North with all these great defenses. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be real close near the end, and I think the last game um, is really going to matter. And it's going to, it's going, you know, when the Bears won it last year, they won it by two games. I mean, they won it. I think week fifteen when they played Minnesota, and they were. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They won it week fifteen, and you know the Vikings needed. To, I'm sorry, they didn't play Minnesota week fifteen. They played them on the last game, but Minnesota needed to beat them in order to make the playoffs. But the Bears won it outright week 15. Um, so I think that this year is going to be a lot, lot closer. I think each team has a strong defense. Each team can have a potent offense. They really focus on it. If Trubisky gets solid. I mean, I think that Packers offense is going to be good. That Vikings offense, Kirk Cousins' second year with the team, I think it's going to be real explosive, especially with Stephon Diggs you know, coming back, um, still being a part of that team. You know, He'll be a staple. Um, Thielen being a staple. Um and, yeah, the Lions, I think, with T.J. Hawkinson now, they have weapons on the outside. And then Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. you got you got to compete with these other quarterbacks in the league. And if you can't do that, you're not, you're not even going to make the playoffs. So, as I have to say, it's going to be slugfest in the NFC North. I'm looking forward to watching it, but only if my team wins. Okay, number 10, I have the Seahawks. Can't ever count them out. I know this is a bit of a risky pick, but I still think the Seahawks are a good team. Russell Wilson looks solid back there. He looks... Like he always does. I think that team has resilience. That team um, can do really, really good. Um, even though Andy Dalton kind of put a smackdown on him, actually. He threw for a lot of yards, and he looked solid. I still think that the Seahawks team, um, you can never count them out. So that's why I have them at 10. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, the, I think the dynamics of the Seahawks have changed quite a bit. It used to be like with the Marshawn Lynch era, run the ball a lot, um, Legion of Boom. I, but I do think that the Seahawks are, again, they're kind of similar to the Los Angeles Chargers. They're resilient. I think the talent, there's, a, there's been a talent upgrade with Russell Wilson and his supporting cast. And again, I think this team, I think Seattle's going to get better. They're going to get better each and every week. Again, my, my only concern is that the offensive line. I think for years, Russell Wilson has had to run around a lot in the pocket. But I think this is a very... This is a position where Seattle wants to be in. And number 10 is a very justifiable ranking for this team. Overall, I think they're going to have a great week. They're going to play really well, and they will be in the playoffs. No doubt about it. All right, so that's our top 10. Let me run it back for you. Um, it goes Patriots, Chiefs, Ravens, Cowboys, Rams, Saints, Chargers, Eagles, Packers, Vikings at 9, and then Seahawks at 10. I think that's a pretty solid list. I think we'll see all these teams uh, make the playoffs, um, except the Packers, Vikings. I don't think one of them won't. I th- one of them will, and I think the other one's going to um, just not be able to. But right now, I have them at nine just because they look solid. I mean, NFC North, that's, that's going to be a, a great division to watch. But, yeah, and then 10 Seahawks. So, yeah, that's our, our top 10 teams, and I think those are all justified on where they are in their spots. Yeah, and so now we're going to move on to our next conversation. That was the greatest tr- transition of all time right there. Um, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown. Of course, we're going to talk into- about Antonio Brown. Everybody talks about Antonio Brown. So, first of all, the Brown allegations. I know this is a sensitive topic. Um, you know, he just got um, – his old trainer is going to charge him. Well, you're going to bring him to court over rape. And this isn't – this is – going to be one where she gets wants compensated for money rather than him going to jail 
So she wants compensation from that from many years ago. So what I'm just curious on what your take is. I think you have a better opinion on this than me about what this looks like for Antonio Brown and how maybe his legacy might be tainted by this regardless. I mean, even if he wins the case, um, you know, the accusations are, are false. I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, women who, you know, say that they got raped are false. I'm just saying if he wins the case and the allegations are false, will this taint his legacy, especially after all of these other things that came out, you know, with, you know, all that shenanigans he did in Oakland. I'm just curious on what your thoughts are. I think you know more about this than, uh, than I do. So based on, based on the reporting I've seen from the NFL Network uh, and ESPN, uh, this, 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 this is being investigated by the NFL. Uh, Antonio Brown's accuser is meeting with NFL security officials to go to talk about, to talk about the incidents that, the alleged uh, incidents that occurred with uh, Antonio Brown. And I think, I think first and foremost, I think as fans... And again, this is where I think we need to be very careful. We need to make sh- we should we as fans should wait until this investigation is wrapped up to make a make an opinion on this. And first and foremost, I think all matters all these matters should be taken seriously. And again, I think I want to stress this again. He Antonio Brown and everyone in our legal system is innocent until proven guilty. So my my thing is. And this is what the people within the Patriots organization are saying. It's a it's an ongoing legal matter, and they're not commenting on it. And that sh- that should be an appropriate stance. We should let the NFL investi- do its investigation, and go from there. But another important thing we need we need uh, fans need to know about this is that Antonio Brown is not going on the commissioner's exempt list. And for those that do not know what that is, anytime uh, anytime there's Anyone, anytime there's a player that's violating violating the personal conduct policy, it's really in essence it's paid leave while investi- investigation. So I just want to keep that in mind. But again, I want to stress this again: it's it's an investigation, and uh, fans should fans should wait until the inve- investigation wraps up. And as you said before, this is no way saying that we should discredit victims of rape. I'm really and. So that's where, so that's where that's where the investigation is at right now, according to Adam Schefter and Eden Rapport at uh, at the NFL Network. Yeah, so um, I'm going to have to agree with your point on that. I think when we talk about his legacy, I think that in many many years, I think Antonio Brown probably makes a Hall of Fame. Um, I think if he wins this, people will forget about it. But if he loses this, I think that it's going to be a stain on his on his record, and I think that people are going to look at him differently. I mean, he still plays for the Patriots. I mean, he still I think he's going to be pretty good there. Um, but yeah, it's weird because the NFL is still allowing him to play. They're not the commissioner hasn't put him on his exempt list, so where he would sit out while the investigation's going. So the commissioner has allowed him to play during this, which is a little bit surprising to me. I don't, I don't really understand that, but that's what's going to happen, and an investigation is going to take place. Regardless, um, I think that this is not a great timing for Antonio Brown. I think that 
you know, after all that shenanigans in Oakland and now this happening, I think that 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 can, even if he wins or lose, people will still look at him differently. But especially if he loses this case and it's proven that he did sexually assault that woman, his trainer, that I think that's going to be a, a pretty big stain on his legacy. I mean, he already has a kind of a bad reputation just as a person and just because of all that crap he pulled. Um, it won't be quiet. But I think that the Patriots and Antonio Brown need to be very careful with this situation. Um, but that that's what I have to say on anything. So do you have anything else you want to add? I, I, I really do agree with you. I think when, again, whether or, not, when or, whether or not he wins or loses this, his legacy, even before, before that, is, is, it's going to be tainted either way. That's the way I view it. However, I think I, this, is, this was kind of confusing to me. And again, this is what NFL, Adam Schefter said. Before the Raiders or the before the Raiders or the Patriots acquired Antonio Brown, they were unaware of these allegations against him. So there's just a lot of details here that I'm that the public doesn't know about. But I I just hope the NFL does its due diligence on the, on this investigation. They do a thorough investigation, and if any punishment does come, they do the right punishment. Because if we know anything about Roger Goodell in the past. He's made some horrible mistakes. And I think of, uh, I don't know about you, but I think about Ray Rice. Ray Rice getting a two-game suspension for beating his uh, wife in the elevator. So my hope is that the NFL does what is right in this situation. But I, I've, uh, I've also lost confidence in the past. But, I, but as I said before, I think the NFL needs to do a complete investigation of this. And he probably should have been on the commissioner's exemplist. And that's where I agree with you on. I agree with the, well, you, your analogy on that. Um, what do you think? Will he mold into the Patriots' way? Will he shut his mouth a little bit? I mean, he said the on Twitter he had a picture of him, the Patriots' way, sitting in like a pile of money. It's like, no, that's not the Patriots' way. That has me concerned. But besides those allegations, nothing's really come up since then. I agree with you. I think, honestly, he has to. He has, he's pretty much forced to change. You can't. Any fan would any fan that thinks otherwise, I don't know what they're thinking because this is this is really his, his his one of his last chances to play and contribute to a team, and believe me, his agent knows this. Drew Rosenhaus knows this, so I do think he's going to. However, if he doesn't shape up, the Patriots are going to cut him loose. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that he has to change because a Super Bowl ring is in his sight. He can probably get two rings this year and next year with the Patriots. I mean, I think that'll change a lot on how people think of him if he ends up getting a Super Bowl ring and becomes one of the main reasons why they end up getting a ring. Um, okay, great. Another smooth transition. We're going we're gonna to work away from that. We're going to talk about um, the Jets, what their season looks like. Um, now that Sam Darnold, he's not gone for the year, but he's gone for, I think, three weeks. I think he'll come back. Um, I believe the week after their bye is what I read is when he'll come back. So these next couple of weeks uh, with their backup quarterback, he's going to have to perform well. Um, what do you think? Will the Jets be able to win a couple of these games, or is pretty much their season? They have high hopes for the season. Are they pretty much are they, are they done? Will they lose these games and not be able to partake in the playoffs? I don't. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs. I I'm not sold on their roster. Again. Last week they had a 16-point lead. Their their uh, their defense blew it. 
they gave up far too many big plays against the Buffalo offense, which really isn't that explosive. And with Sam, Sam Darnold out for three weeks, that offense is going to sputter because if we're going to be real, I don't have confidence in Trevor Simeon. He's I, don't, a, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, no, I have zero. Whatever, I have no confidence at all, yeah. He's a journeyman. In essence, he's really just a journeyman backup quarterback. When, when he was a starter, he really wasn't that effective. He, at best, he's an average quarterback. But overall, I don't... In the short term, I think they're going to lose games. Now, do I think they're going to be improved from last season? Yes. But do I think they're going to be playoff bound? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. Although, I think... Yeah, I think they, uh, they lose these games. I think they go 9-7 and seven this year and don't make the playoffs, which would suck because this is Sam Darnold's big year. And kind of sucks he has mana. <laughs> um, that's a bummer for them. That's just something unexpected. I think the Jets are going to have to bounce back from this. The only reason I see them winning games is because of Le'Veon Bell. He looked really good in his first game. Oh, yeah. He looks solid. He looks like the money that they're going to pay him. And that looks – I mean, he looks good to me. He looks like he's fitting in really well, and he looks like he's really enjoying himself there, which I don't blame him. Going from Pittsburgh to New York, I would like that too, I think, um, especially with a, you know, just a, a young guy in Sam Darnold that has a ton of upside. I think the Jets go 9-7, and seven, don't make the playoffs this year, but I think next year they can make a big, big step forward in Sam Darnold's third year. Also, I think Adam Gase is setting a tone for this team. It was reports that... He cut his kicker. He cut his kicker, who missed an extra point and a field goal. And again, that that they would have won that game, and they just signed Demarius Thomas. But I think the problem is their wide receivers. They're they're sloppy in their route running. They don't make plays. And again, the average throw distance for Sam Darnold was a lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage, five yards down the field. That's not going to win you a lot of games. No, and Sam Darnold has a cannon. You need to let him just chuck that. I mean, people say he's got a bigger arm than Mahomes, so you got to let him try and bomb 50 yarders. You know, just let him send it out there and see what he, what the kids got. You can't let a big arm QB like that throw checkdowns all game. That's you're not gonna you're not gonna win like that. Yep, and at, really at the end of the day, I think I know Adam Gase is a first year head coach, but I feel like that his uh, he's going to be in the hot seat pretty soon because number one, the GM that hired him is no longer there. And with this new GM, he's going to evaluate this team and say, you know what, maybe this is not our head coach that's going to help our, uh, our quarterback. So overall, they're going to improve, but I just don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I agree, especially when you lose to the Bills like that. I mean, you can't, you, you can't just think you're going to make the playoffs after that abysmal kind of fourth quarter that they had where they let the, let the Bills come back and, and win near the end there. Um, all right, sweet. So we're going to move on from that. I believe, um, yeah, you're right. I believe they don't make the playoffs this year. But I think they have potential in in the in, in later years, I think, with Sam Darnold going. All right, so we're moving on. Um, will the Chiefs' offense be okay without Tyreek Hill for the next couple of weeks? What's your take? I think so. I think Kansas City will be just fine without Tyreek Hill. Now, does it, does it, is it going to stink in the short term that they're, they don't have one of their, the most elite wide receivers in the league? Absolutely. But I just think with the amount of weapons this team has, we're talking Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Damian Williams, I think they're going to be fine. And the way that uh, Andy Reid has this offense designed for Patrick Mahomes, they're still going to put up points. So, yes, I think when it comes to losing Tyreek Hill, 
he makes like maybe three explosive plays every game. They, they're going to lose that short term, but they're still going to put up 35, 40 points. I don't doubt it. And they're fine without him in the first game. I mean, because he went down, I believe, in the in the first half, and Sammy Watkins stepped in and had a great game. I mean, what a receiver he is. But, yeah, I believe that they're going to be fine. I just want to talk about that because I saw something on ESPN that said, will the Chiefs' offense be okay without Tyreek Hill? Yeah, they're going to be fine, to be honest. Honestly, I think they should trade him for a first-round pick <laughs> and get something. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But Tyreek Hill is, is a great player. He'll, he brings explosiveness to the offense, and I, they're, they're going to be fine without him. All right, um, so what the frick is going on with the Browns? I mean, what an abysmal start. Losing to the Titans like that, there was so much high hope, so much expectation, so much hype surrounding this team, and they just dumped, like they just went dumpster diving. Uh, Mayfield tried to force throws in that fourth quarter, looked really bad. Offense wasn't explosive. Um, OBJ weren't a... $350,000 watch. People are like, oh, you know, they're going nuts over it. You know, who cares? Just, I don't care what he does. It's his money. You know, why are people making such a big deal about it? Who cares? Um, that's my opinion. I, yeah, I think people are running out of topics to talk about. Nobody cares about your watch, OBJ. <laughs> but, yeah, um, what's going on with the Browns? Uh, what's your take here? I think it's real sloppy. That, that was, a, I mean, on paper, we said this before the season started, they are one of the most talented rosters However, it's one thing to say something on paper and actually see it on the field. And what I saw there was that defense was that defense was not playing high level. They were missing tackles. We're talking about blown coverages. And I, I just think this, this first game was a humbling moment for this team. It's either going to bring this team together or it's going to break them apart. However, I think Odell Beckham Jr. needs to stop staying, needs to stop being the center of attention for this team. It drives me crazy. Like last year, the narrative of this team was hardworking. They're gonna, they're a winning culture, even without OBJ. Now that they have lost talent, I think Freddie Kitchens needs to bring this team together, and hopefully, this next game, they realize that you don't win based on talent. You win as a team. And last week, they did not play as a team. I agree. They were looked a little selfish, especially in the press conference. Everyone had piss poor attitudes. They're like, they're all whining, and I don't know. I think Freddie Kitchens needs to step up here and be like, hey, OBJ, we have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. You know, if you guys, you guys are going to split a lot of catches and passes. You guys aren't going to have big games like you did back when you were in New York. You might have five catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown, you know, instead of 15 catches, 150 yards, and two, you know. So because both players are so explosive. They need to realize that they both can't be the centerpiece of this offense, that they're going to share a lot of stuff. And if you're going to make it into the postseason and make a run, you need to realize that you need to come together as a team and not, not be so selfish. So I think that their selfishness is going to be eventually the what's going what's gonna to tank this team. Um, yeah, I think that that's what I think. Also, first-year head coach in Freddie Kitchens, you know, I think we're, let's see what he does, but I think that team needs to come together more as a team and, and focus more um, on doing stuff together, you know, as one instead of things separately. Um, yeah, so Panthers last night, Cam Newton didn't look good. I think that this is his year. If Cam Newton can't make him into the postseason, I honestly think you trade him. That shoulder has never looked the same since that injury, and that's honestly concerning. If you can't beat the Buccaneers, I mean. Come on, man. Oh, exactly. Uh, 
Yeah, Ron Rivera had an interesting play call on on fourth down and one, or was, or was fourth and two, fourth and one something last night. But they ran like an outside like double switch up run that got taken out. Just have Cam Newton run the ball. Yeah, exactly. Okay, listen, he ran the ball earlier in the game. He can make one yard if the line pushes. Okay, so. I don't really get the play calling near the end of that game. Okay, Cam Newton didn't really look that good. He threw for over 300 yards, uh, I think, it's, which is good. But, I mean, he also threw a pick. So, I guess it's not terrible. But, I mean, Cam Newton just needs to, to shape up. I'm tired of excuses from him. Um, I think sometimes he focuses more on what he's going to wear to the game than what he's actually going to play during the game. Um, I don't know. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the Panthers this year? I think going 0-2... I don't know if you can recover like that um, and make it to the playoffs. I'm I'm puzzled by the Panthers organization. I'm I'm just very confused about the direction of their offense and what they're doing. Like my goodness, like Cam Newton, Cam Newton is not the same player as you clearly stated, and it's really obvious. And if I if I'm a Panthers fan, it's like I get like there's this trend with Ron Rivera. Every other year he makes the playoffs. I'm not sure about this year. If Cam Newton's playing like this every single week, because look, that defense is fine. That defense kept him in the game. The problem is the lack of big plays. Cam Newton cannot make a throw downfield to save his life. So, I, in other words, I'm just really I'm confused at what direction this organization is going in. Because they have winning pedigree, but this year I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think if they don't win after this year, I think Rivera's gone and I think Cam Newton's gone. Um, I mean, I think you, you got to get rid of them and you got to try something new because this obviously isn't working if they don't make the postseason again. Um, I think you get rid of both coach and quarterback and try and start something fresh, try and trade, try and draft another quarterback and see what he's got. But, yeah, again, I don't understand where this Panthers organization is going. Cam Newton really needs to show up or show out this year because if he looks bad again and that you know his shoulder doesn't look great, um, he's going to have a couple big games this year, but can you do it consistently on a basis where your team's going to win? That's the question, and I, I think no. I think he's really struggled the last couple of years. Um, ever since he won MVP, he's he's been just on a downfall, and I don't see the Panthers really going much of anywhere this year, especially losing to the Bucks like that. Jameis Winston, I think, looked a lot better than his week one performance, and I'm going to give credit to him, and he looked sharp. Okay, I always liked Jameis Winston, even though – um, he threw a lot of picks. I still think he had a lot of potential. It's his fifth year. So this year he really needs to, um, you know, show up this year. If he has a few picks here and there, you know, I don't, I think that'll be okay, but I don't think he has, um, I'm giving him a little bit more slack than Cam Newton. Um, I don't know. We'll see after this year what he's like. Maybe they sign him to like two more years if the, if he does good, and we'll see what the Bucks do. But I think he looked James Winston looked pretty sharp after last night's game, and we're we're just gonna see where where it takes him. And again, I've never been a huge fan of James Winston, even coming out of college. I thought he's a turnover machine. He doesn't make good decisions, and it just it's really frustrating. And we've seen that in the NFL. Hopefully, he can fix those mistakes because if he can't fix it with Bruce Arians. Who is he going to fix his mistakes with? Seriously. Yeah, then he'll, he'll, he'll get released, and the Bucks will try somebody else or try drafting something else. But, um, yeah, they looked, they looked okay, and I, I can see the team went in going 8-8, eight and eight, not making the playoffs again. And we'll see where Jameis Winston is. If he looks good, then the Bucks can grow off of that and be like, okay, this guy's improving. This is his fifth year. He's, starting, he's got it now. You know, Bruce Arians has it's changed him. First game didn't really look like that, okay? Um, 
but I think that the Bucks can be a decent team and just barely miss the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's my take on that. Okay, the next thing we have is a little bit of a Lions rant. Um, have at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna wash some dishes here. I'm just gonna. <laughs> All right. Okay. So anyone who watched the Lions game last week, they had. They had an 18-point lead against the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, 18-point lead. And somehow, they blew the lead. They blew the lead, and they ended up in a tie. And seriously, as Lions Lions fans are frustrated, rightfully so, I just want to break down a couple things that just make me upset about what, what what the Lions did and how those mistakes and what mistakes they need to fix. Number one, can I please just start with this? Horrible, horrible time management by this coaching staff. And if there's one play that just personifies the problems with the Detroit Lions in that, in that game was, it was in the fourth quarter. So it's a, third, it's a third down. All they need is one first down to win the game, to ice the game, take a knee, head back to Detroit, and start off with a pretty good start. But guess what? That doesn't happen. You want to know why? Because Daryl Bevel, our offensive coordinator, the Lions offensive coordinator, he calls a timeout before they run the play. Yes, a timeout. It was just embarrassing. And again, it was just, it's self-evident. We look at, you see the reaction from Matthew Stafford. Who was just ticked off? And again, I would be I would be ticked off too, knowing that I have an incompetent coaching staff that doesn't know what they're doing. But furthermore, furthermore, we let we let a rookie quarterback come back and and uh, lead the Cardinals to a tie. How on earth? How on earth can the how on earth the, could the Lions let that happen? Seriously. And I get, and I get. You're probably thinking, well, this rant could go on forever, but I will, I will, I will close it at this. This is the disappointing trends of, of the Detroit Lions of that game, and hopefully it doesn't continue. If they cannot finish out, if they cannot win games they're supposed to win, this is going to be a long year. And if they cannot finish games, it is going to be an awful year for the fans of this organization. And guess what, Matt Patricia should get fired if this trend continues. So that being said, I'm I've been a Lions my fan my whole life, but I'm not sure about this year. If if week one is any indication of how the season's gonna go. Rip. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's gonna be frustrating. But I'm an optimist and guess what? I'm optimistic that they are gonna win next week. So we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll find out, really. Matt Patricia's year, if he doesn't make it, I think the Lions give him one more, um, just because that's what the Lions do. And then I think he goes back to the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Um, Dak's salary, that's something I want to talk about. He declined 30 million. He wants like 40 million dollars. Yep, 40 million. I think to me that's selfish. I think you can't pay your QB that much. Number one, he's not the best quarterback in the league. All right, Mahomes is. All right, and Mahomes hasn't even gotten a contract extension. Okay, he's being selfless right now. I think 
Dak needs to take after that. He needs to just play right now. Um, I, I think that um, Dak Prescott's worth about $27 million. I think that's quite a lot, and I think that, that he's worth that much. But you can't ask for $35, $40 million, especially after they give Zeke that huge contract extension. Your team is going to be, you know, 40% of your cap space is going to be two players. You can't do that. That's not how you build rosters. I think it's the selfishness. I love Dak. Okay, I think he's a great guy and a pretty good player. But I think he's being really selfish right now, and I don't see how the Cowboys can justify paying him 35 40 You know, why? I heard something, someone say, why does every single quarterback always need to be the next highest paid? Okay, he's not the best. Okay, your contract ran out, and you're going to should be paid what you're worth, about $25, 27000000 million. You have enough, you know, I think you do enough plays to keep the Cowboys in, but I don't think you're better than Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, okay? I think you're about, you know, eight or nine, ten, you know, quarterbacks down. I think you should be paid like that. I think that the Cowboys could find a quarterback that's just as good as Dak and pay him a lot less money um, to improve roster spots. But I think, I don't know. I just, I don't think Dak um, is worth justifying $35, $40 million a year. I think Mahomes is. I think you should pay Patrick Mahomes $100 million a year if you could because he is so good. Um, But yeah, I think that. I think that Dak isn't worth that much, and I think the Cowboys are going to make a pretty big mistake in paying him with all this money that they're going to pretty soon here. Oh, exactly. In, in my view, here's something put in perspective. Matthew Stafford makes $27 million per year. And guess what? He's not even the highest-paid quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo makes more than him. So, in my, <laughs> and seriously, in my view, I think if I'm the Cowboys, there's no way you pay him like a top-end quarterback because... Because if there's anything to show that he's not a top-end quarterback, look at his past seasons with the Cowboys. It was mainly because the play-action pass after, after you give the ball to Zeke Elliott 30 times. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? You get wide-open wide receivers. Like, look, we saw this against New York Giants. All of his touchdown throws were to wide-open wide receivers. And I'm not saying he's a game manager. He's a slight upgrade over a game manager where he'll make a couple of plays here and there. But... I think Dak needs to be more, a little more honest about his worth when it comes to amongst the quarterbacks. And I think if you're the Cowboys, make it a team-friendly deal. Do not, do not get bogged down in this contract because you're also going to have to pay Amari Cooper. Or, or give Dak a big signing bonus. Oh, smart. I think, I think if he does ask for $40 million a year, you know, five years, um, $40 million a year, uh, I think you give a lot of that in a signing bonus. That's going to be a hit right now, but it's going to clear up a lot of cap space later. Um, do what um, they did with Julio Jones. You know, give him – he was, uh, you know, $64 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah. He got $62 million on a signing bonus, which sucks for his taxes because he's going to have to – you know, he's only going to get like 30 because we are t- – anyway. But, yeah. I think that what the Cowboys can do if Dak asks for that money is give him like a hundred million dollar signing bonus. That sounds like a lot, but that might be the way you have to do it just to clear up cap space in the future. And I think for the Cowboys, while I do believe they need to sign up and shore up their players, I think they need to be smart about how they sign their players. So clearly overpaying Dak Prescott is not gonna help you win Super Bowls. Also overpaying Amari Cooper as a top wide number one wide receiver. Well, I do think he's number one on this team. I don't think he's worth as much as like Julio Jones. 
because I think Julio Jones makes much more of an impact all over the field. But overall, I think Jerry Jones uh, and the front office over there, they need to be smart about it. If they're smart, they could win a lot of championships. If not, there is going to be a mediocre team for, for whatever the length of contract they give Dak Prescott. Yeah, they got to put it in a signing bonus. Um, yeah, so those are our takes on that. And the last thing um, we're going to wrap up this, um, this podcast with is that we're going to go for games for Sunday in our predictions, and we're just going to go back and forth. Um, hold on here. Sorry, guys. All right, so game number one um, on Monday. So we already know what the outcome of the Bucks panthers game was, obviously. Cardinals at Ravens, who do you got? Uh, Baltimore. I have Baltimore, too. I think that they're, that offense looks so explosive. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have another pretty big game. I think that Ravens' defense is just going to confuse Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to throw, I think, three picks in this game. Um, yeah, I, I think Kyler Murray, I still don't have faith in him. Um, I think he's going to be a, a career backup in four years. I don't think he has... I don't know. I just never really liked Kyler Murray. I think that he's overrated and overhyped, and I guess we're going to find out. That's a take for a different time, I guess. Sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. Um, but, yeah, I definitely have Baltimore winning this by a lot, and I have the Cowboys beating the Redskins by two touchdowns on Sunday. That's a smart pick. Washington got – Washington's defense is awful. I think with, with again, Zeke Elliott uh, back, counting in the groove of being the starting running back again. It's going to be a blowout. I think Dak will be the beneficiary of a great running game. He's going to throw three touchdowns. I give Zeke Elliott two. T- I give him two rushing touchdowns for Zeke Elliott. Overall, it's going to be a blowout. Washington does not stand a chance. Yeah. Uh, okay. Colts Titans. You know, I'm going to pick the underdog. I'm picking the Colts for this one. I think originally I said Titans because they beat the Browns, but I mean the Colts hung in there right with the Chargers all last game, and I think. Jacoby Brissett's going to have a decent game. So, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Colts. This game, I'm really torn because Marcus Mariota played pretty well the first game. But the real question is, can I count on for a, two games where it would be great? Inconsistency with him is a concern. Yes. So, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go with Indianapolis in this game. I think the resiliency they showed against the Los Angeles Chargers, especially in Malik Hooker, their safety, just a phenomenal play, one-handed interception, I think that that team they're resilient. They're they're fighting. They're gonna fight. <laughs> There's no doubt about. It. So I give I give the Colts. They're gonna win by a field goal. Adam Vinatieri is gonna hit a field goal to win the game for them. Yeah, I have Colts winning. Seahawks Steelers. Um, Steelers are like crap when they play the Patriots. I'm taking the Seahawks for this one. Um, I think they win by one or two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I don't th- I don't have faith in the Steelers this season. So I'm taking I'm taking Seattle. Okay, for this one, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna take Pittsburgh for this one because I think I think Big Ben's gonna be motivated this game. I think Juju Smith Juju Smith Schuster is gonna step up. I think James Conner is gonna also have a good game because I don't think that's that Seahawks defense is not the same as it was. So that being said, I think Big Ben throws a couple touchdowns. James Conner is gonna do really well, so I, I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. But it's not a confident pick. Normally in past years, I'd be confident picking Steelers. Not this year, but I'm confident enough to pick them in this game. Okay, yeah, Bills-Giants, I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, I don't know, the Giants just look like bad, a bad football team, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Buffalo for this one. I think they win by, 
I think they win by three points and a field goal. I think Josh Allen's going to have a pretty solid game against this piss-poor um, Giants defense, and I think Buffalo's going to edge them out in the end. Yeah, the Buffalo clearly in this game. I just think Sterling Shepard is in concussion protocol. He is the number one wide receiver on that team now. And I think with Josh, Josh Allen's getting better, he clearly showed great, great potential last game. He's getting better every, every game. He has gotten better. So with that being said, Buffalo does win this game. I do think it's going to be a little scoring, though, but Buffalo wins. Okay, next up we have 49ers-Bengals. You know what? I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. The Red Rifle had a pretty solid game last week, and I have confidence in him to do it again. I think I still have questions about Jimmy G. I still think he's overpaid. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. Uh, what do you think? Ooh, uh, you know what? I'm going to take the I'm going to take the 49ers in this game. I think I think last week I think Jimmy G is still trying to shake off the rust from not playing a lot of football over like not playing last not playing a lot of football last year. I think this year he puts it all this game he puts together. He I will have to say he he performed below expectations what I thought. But I think I take the 49ers because I think this team steps up and they they get better and I think they win. Okay, yeah, um, I th- just saw something. Joe Mixon's going to be back for that game um, for the Bengals, so I think they're going to be good. I think John Ross is going to have a big game, which he better because I just put him on my fantasy team over Tariq Cohen. So hopefully, I think with AJ Green gone and John Ross stepping up, made big strides last week. I think that they have a they have a solid chance at winning this game. So I'm going to take um gonna take Cincinnati Chargers at Lions. Who you got? I have the Detroit Lions winning this game. And I know I said this before, I'm not very confident in lines all the time, but Los Angeles Chargers have a lot of injuries. And if there's any moment for, if there's any moment where the Lions could win a game, this is the game for Detroit to win. I think Matt Stafford and TJ Hawkinson, that combination is lethal. And with again, Derwin James is gonna miss he's missing six months. There are big plays to be made in this game against the Chargers defense. So I give I say the Lions win by a touchdown. I am going to disagree with you. I think the Lions are still the Lions, and I think they're going to find a way to lose this game. Now, does that mean that they're the Chargers, the better team? I don't think necessarily. I think the Lions have, especially with the injuries on the Chargers, but I think the Lions will line it out and find a way to lose it. So the reason I'm picking the Chargers is, one, because Philip Philip Rivers, you can't ever count him out. but I think the Lions will line their way out of this game and go um, 0-1-1 <laughs> to start the season. So, yeah. So, Vikings at Green Bay. I'm going to pick Minnesota. I think that Kirk Cousins in the second year with the team is going to look pretty solid. Plus, I just hate Green Bay, and I'm biased towards them. <laughs> uh, for this game, this is a toss-up game because both teams, while they're off, while Green Bay's offense doesn't show potential, that defense is really good. However... I think Minnesota's offense, I give, I give the edge to Minnesota in this game because I think their offense is a little better at this point than Green Bay. So that being said, I think, I think uh, Minnesota wins this game, but I think it's going to be a slugfest, defensive matchup. There's not going to be a lot of points. The, the game's going to be won by the quarterbacks in this one, in my view. So clearly, I think uh, Kirk Cousins throws a touchdown in a low-scoring game, and Minnesota wins. Jaguars, Texans, I t- I'm taking Houston. 
Yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, Houston. I'm thinking Houston. Jacksonville's defense is really there's they're undisciplined. They make a lot. They commit a lot of stupid penalties, a lot of personal fouls against them. So, so that being said, I think Sean Watson goes off against this defense. Yep. Okay. Patriots, Dolphins. I'm taking Miami on this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Patriots are going to destroy Miami in every single facet of the game. I. It's going to be a blowout. Patriots all the way. Yeah. New England Patriots. Tom Brady's going to score 40 fantasy points in this game. So watch out. <laughs> My, and uh, more Miami players are going to request to be traded. So if we're going to do an over-under, how many players uh, request to get traded, I, I'm going to be surprised if five players request to be traded from the team. I would say three. Um, I'd say three more players asked to leave the Dolphins. But no one's going to pick them up because they play for Miami and they suck. All right. Chiefs Raiders taking Chiefs. Kansas City. This is obvious. Raiders had a, actually had a pretty good game last last week. I mean, I'm impressed by how well they played without Antonio Brown. Derek Carr looked sharp. John Gruden um, looked like the man out there. So, you know, I like the Raiders, and I think, like I said earlier in a podcast a while ago, I think the Raiders can make the playoffs this year. But I think this is one where I think the Chiefs just expose expose them, and, and they put up 40 points. I think in this game, though, I think Oakland's going to be more competitive than fans really think. Although I think I don't think offensively they can keep up with the Chiefs' uh, offense, I do think that it's going to be. I'm not going to say closer. They're going to put more points than expected because, as we said, the Chiefs' defense not the best defense, but but I think Kansas City runs away with this. Yeah, I agree. Saints Rams a rematch of, of last year um, NFC Championship game. I have the Rams to winning it. I think Aaron Donald and that defense is going to give even though. Breeze is an elite quarterback. I still think that they give him trouble back there. And that, um, you know, I, for me, I think it was a toss-up. I, I really could go either way, but I think the Rams edge him out at the end of this game with a field goal. Yeah, this I kind of have a similar approach to this game. I think offensively both teams are really good. However, I just think the Rams' defense is just way better. They don't give up as many big plays as what the Saints are going to give up. I think it's going to be a shootout, though, and I think that Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams uh, pull this one out. That's going to be a really good game to watch. All right, Bears-Broncos, I have Chicago. Um, I'm going to take Chicago in every single game this year just because I'm a fan of this and I'm biased. Um, but also the Broncos lost to the Raiders. You know, with that Vic Vangio supposedly big defense, um, I don't know what happened to that defense. They got exposed by Derek Carr in, a, in the Raiders. Second string wide receivers. Um, yeah, I, I have the Bears taking this one. I think Mitch Trubisky, even though he's not that great, I think he still kind of finds a way to keep them in there. Um, hopefully he doesn't suck as much butt as he did last week. But I have Bears edging out. If the Bears can't beat a team the Raiders beat, then I have serious concerns for this team. But I think I have Chicago. Uh, this one, I'm not really confident in really any of these teams. But that being said, Joe Flacco is nice is not really that great of a quarterback. And the defense really underperformed against an Oakland offense that wasn't expected to do much without Antonio Brown. But that being said, I think the Chicago Bears defense keeps them in this game. And I think this is the week Mitch makes, he's going to make one or two throws that help the Bears win this game. So Chicago is going to win this. I believe so. Eagles, Falcons, I have Carson Wentz and the Eagles taking out Atlanta. Yeah, I just think, I also, I have the Eagles as well too in this game. Uh, Atlanta's defense is just awful, and it's the run. De- it's really it's the running, the run defense for Atlanta. I just think if the Eagles can gain momentum on the ground, there is going to be shots down the field. 
Carson Wentz is going to be licking his chops to shoot the ball, to throw the ball downfield. So this is a pretty convincing victory for the Eagles. Yeah, and Browns-Jets um, on Monday Night Football. I originally had the Jets winning, but with Sam Darnold out, I'm switching my mind. I have, I have the Cleveland taking it with the first victory of the season. Yep, Cle- uh, I think Cleveland's going to win this too. I would say if Sam Darnold were playing in this game, I would still pick the Browns in this because I think the Browns are going to be a, they're going to be motivated to play well either either way if Sam Darnold was playing or not. But again, I think this is the I think this is the week where the Browns put it all together. That offense finally plays up their up to their potential that was expected of them uh, before the season. So Cleveland, I think Cleveland has their breakout game and puts them on the right track. One and one for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with your points. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us today. Um, find us on YouTube. Find us on Anchor FM. That's where we put our podcasts. Um, big support to them. We, we appreciate it. Um, also, follow us on Twitter, um, FTBall underscore Inc. Um, that's where you guys can find us on Twitter. Um, and everybody, have a good weekend. And I will talk to you hopefully Tuesday um, with our schedules being – you know, we're still in college. Hopefully we have something more solidifying, uh, you know, later, you know, hopefully next year. We're, we're still building up a base here. But uh, we want to thank you to, uh, like, the four people who actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> we thank you very much for listening, for supporting us. Um, we appreciate a lot longer podcast today. Um, but we had a lot of catch up because we didn't do one on Tuesday. Um, so either myself will do one Tuesday or myself and Patrick will do one Tuesday. Um, I think just a little, we're going to do one that just says overall kind of what happened Monday and and, uh, one of our opinions on it. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it a lot, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend.